This is One Pretty Ricky, and you're tuned into the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast. This show covers the latest and greatest from NDSU men's and women's basketball, including interviews with key Bison players. Let's join the man rolling with the thunder, your host and my friend, Brandon Geffrey. Welcome in to another episode of the Thundering Herd Hoops podcast. I am your host of the podcast, Brandon Geffrey. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at TH Hoops Podcast. Uh, you can also find myself at BGEF08. Want to give a shout out. Uh, one pretty Ricky that does the intro for this has booked his first festival. It is this summer, uh, July 21st to the 23rd. It is the Prairie Pothole Music Festival in Anamoose, North Dakota. Looks like a pretty great lineup. If you're a festival person, uh, definitely recommend checking it out. Tickets are on sale now. Uh, he should do it. He'll do a great job there for sure and bring all the energy. So, and I'm sure there's plenty of other um, great DJs that'll be at that festival. So, just want to plug that for him uh, and get him uh, some exposure for that. Into the basketball, both uh, men's and women's teams got the wins they needed uh, last week to lock up the best possible seed options they had going into the week. On this episode, we're going to talk Summit League preview for both men's and women's. Give my picks for player of the year, uh, first team and second team on the men's and women's side. I do not actually have a media vote by any means, just my picks, uh, just to give you guys what I saw from the teams this season. And then have some great interviews uh, with Lance Waddles and Abby Graham to get to in this episode as well. Starting on the men's side, uh, men had a great game against St. Thomas on Thursday. Slow start to the first half offensively. I still thought they played well, just didn't get some shots to fall. Uh, stayed locked in defensively. Finished strong in that second half, kind of built an 8-10 to 10 point lead uh, at about the 12-minute mark or so, and then closed that one out. Got the much-needed win against the Tommies. I'm not going to go into too much detail on the scoring uh, because I want to start this episode out and discuss uh, more what happened on Saturday. There's been a bit of a hot topic discussion since Saturday's win over Western. Coach Richmond's reaction post game and just kind of what happened in that second half. And so I'm going to preface it a bit. I'm going to cover what I felt as a fan and huge NDSU supporter that I am and everything else. And then kind of what I saw happen uh, and what I, I feel where Coach Richmond is coming from and and hopefully kind of what the team saw. And so uh, we'll kind of go through it. Uh, first half against Western Illinois was fantastic. I, I think it might have been the best 20 minutes of basketball NDSU's played all season. They are really locked in defensively. Trent Mazur and Alex Rosner from, from Western Illinois are fantastic. And so trying to hold them down is, is a tall task. And I thought we did a really good job of that in the first half. We're efficient on offense, got a lot of people involved, worked the ball inside out, uh, started a little cold um, shooting it, but but picked it up and really played strong in the first half. The first half against Omaha, obviously 47 to 17 or whatever that was, might look better on paper, but Omaha is not nearly the opponent that Western Illinois is. So I really think, you know, had a lot of confidence going in. I'm thinking, hey, we're we're headed down the Summit League tournament. And we're gonna we're gonna make some noise down there playing the way we did in that first twenty minutes, and then the second twenty minutes came um, came out still playing okay. A uh, few mistakes from a couple of the players, and they coach decided to bench a couple of guys down the stretch. Um, was not, in my opinion, not what I want to see from my team. Um, Shikari White was doing a fantastic job defensively uh, on on Masner in the first half. He also guarded Rosner a little bit or, you know, a couple of the other guys. Whoever he was on, he was playing very, very well defensively. Also really sparked the offense in the first half. Uh, in the second half, he made two very bad passes. Um, one, a little bit of showtime fast break pass. I don't know if Tajavis was even looking at him uh, when he threw it. Second one was a little out of control, got himself in the air, got himself in trouble, turned it over. Obviously, things Dave Richmond doesn't want to see. Obviously, things that have been coached all season. But I, what I like to see in those situations is 
player taken out, sat down, give them their coaching, get them back in the game after a little break, and give them a chance to prove themselves again. Same thing with Andrew Morgan. It looked like he was visibly getting frustrated, not getting the ball. I was getting frustrated as a fan uh, with him not getting the ball because we were struggling a little bit on offense, working it through the post for him, uh, especially with Western that doesn't really have anybody that matches up with him very well. Uh, seemed like the go-to move, and it just wasn't really happening, and he was visibly frustrated and ended up uh, on the bench beside coach as well. To Javis Miller, also wasn't was kind of on the bench down that stretch in the second half. I don't know if there was anything with him that was going on. There was no plays, I don't think, in the game uh, that I noticed, but Richmond said after the game, you know, entitlement, body language, uh, selfishness, and I don't know, you know, what's being said. I don't, I'm not in the huddles. I don't, I don't have those conversations. So I can't say much on him. He was not shooting the ball well, um, but seemed to be doing everything else uh, fairly well. So I'm not really sure what happened there. But um, Andrew Morgan thing is very similar to the Chikari White thing. If, you know, if he's frustrated, bring him out, sit him down, coach him up a little bit. Uh, and get him back in the game to close that thing out. And so that's what I wanted to see. As fan, I'm sitting there from about the 12 minute mark on. Um, Western's making a run. Masner's killing us, uh, and Jakari's sitting there on the bench. And so that was frustrating to watch. I don't know if I've left uh, an NDSU game that angry in a while, especially a win. Um, so I felt about the same way Coach Richmond felt. I think uh, after the game, only you know my frustration was with the staff and and how how that was handled uh whereas you know coach kind of had his frustrations he aired it out on the the post-game interview he aired it out again um in the post-game press conference and you know in the post-game interview i think the words were selfish entitled um and you know and it was just not anything you wanted to see and in the post-game press conference, he even said, you know, maybe they'd have been better off losing that game, uh, I think, to prove the point that you can't win basketball games that way. But Bowden made a fantastic shot, was hugely celebrated by the crowd, good crowd in attendance. Um, and, and that was kind of that. Now, I say all that uh, in the way it made me feel watching that go down. Um, but on the same side of coach, it was the last game of the regular season. Um, he's been coaching and preaching the same thing from, from day one when they got there this summer. So for those things to still be happening in a game, uh, not going his particular way, I, it may have just been one of those points where it came to boil over and he just had to make his point that if you're not doing things the correct way, you're going to sit on the bench and that's just kind of how it's going to be. And so I get that side of it. I totally understand it uh, as he you know, is trying to build this team into championship team. And it, probably the youngest, I think this is the youngest team he's ever had. So you got a lot of freshmen that are coming in with bad habits, Juco transfers that come in with different habits that you're trying to break and mold into, to be a D one basketball team. And, and so that's just kind of the way it can go. And so I get Richmond's point. He's done things to his credit. He's done things exactly the same since day one when he's been here. Um, and so there there's I don't he's pretty pretty upfront about the way he's going to do things and so I don't think it's really anything as upset as I was after the game after I <laughs> calmed down because we did win and and looked back at the game and kind of what went on um, I understood it a lot more than I did in the moment and I'm hoping the players uh, as well as coach did as well um, sounds like I heard Dave on the hot mic radio show uh, that he, he did take the team to bat, went back, uh, watched Bowden's shot again in film, got to celebrate that a little bit, said they've had a couple of really good days in practice. And I think that is the key out of this whole thing. Uh, Coach Richmond's pretty upfront about his coaching style. I, I've heard him say it multiple times in interviews. I've heard it from himself uh, that Coming to NDSU and playing basketball, it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done, and it's going to be the most fun thing you've ever done. And so as long as the team responds, I think the fear of the way he was reacting from a lot of fans is that he's going to scare players into the portal and it's that easy to transfer and that kind of thing. And maybe that'll happen. I, I don't know that it won't. But what I do know is that Coach Richmond and the staff are very upfront about 
the way they coach and the way they're going to coach you hard and they're going to work to bring out the best of you. And, you know, fans see that. They see that on game day. Um, but what they don't see, I, you know, I've been to some practices. I see, you know, coach pulls guys to the side and, and really work with them. And I've seen what he does off the court with his team and, and family and, and everybody else. And not too many people get to see that side of, of coach Richmond. And, and I think that's where some of the discrepancy comes in. And so still not the way I would do things, but it is the way coach Richmond does things. And I will respect that and continue to respect that and continue to cheer for this team. And I think all of the proof will be in how the team responds. We can come out uh, this weekend and be locked in and really kick things in gear and make a run in the Summit League tournament, which is what I think will happen. I don't think this team is one that's built uh, to quit. I don't think they're one that's built to not take criticism. And I, I don't think there is a, a team that doesn't want to get better. And so uh, if they've had their discussions about why things are done the way they were done, and showing the plays that caused things to be done the way they were done. I really think this team uh, can grow from that, learn from that. And hopefully uh, those resolutions are in place and these players can play uh, to the best of their ability as we head down into the tournament. So that's what we'll be looking for this weekend. Uh, I'm going to come back. We'll do a little preview of the Summit League tournament. We will do a my first and second team uh, all conference players and player of the year on the men's side. And then we'll kind of jump in and recap uh, the women's weekend last weekend as well and do a, a preview for their tournament as well. But wanted to get that off my chest. It's been a hot topic of discussion uh, across the board. And, and though people may not want to hear my two cents, I, I wanted to get them out there. And, and that's kind of my take. So right now we're going to jump in the interview uh, that I have with Lance. And then we will come back and preview uh, the weekend and discuss some season awards. Now joined on the podcast by freshman guard number 12, Lance Waddles. Uh, Lance, thanks a ton for taking some time out of your evening and welcome to the podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. You bet. Uh, let's just start out. We just discussed a little bit before jumping on, but uh, we've had some some wintry weather up here in the good old state of North Dakota, but this is the most snow and the biggest snowstorm we've had since, uh, since you've been up here. So you, uh, you enjoy it. You get everywhere you needed to go today. And, uh, just how was the experience of the, the big old North Dakota snowfall? Yeah. Uh, luckily I got everywhere I needed to go today. I didn't have to go too many places, but, uh, it was a little struggle getting to the few places <laughs> I did have to go is snow is crazy, man. <laughs> Nothing, nothing like trudging through the knee high snow to to get to practice, right? Yeah, man, I did not expect it to be that much. <laughs> um, so let's just let's talk a little bit. You grew up in Louisiana, obviously. I think most people know that. Uh, you're from Shreveport area. Um, a lot of people think Louisiana. You think New Orleans, Gulf Coast, but uh, Shreveport's yeah. kind of in the upper west portion of Louisiana, kind of near the border of Texas. So, uh, just tell us a little bit about that area um the culture and the environment was like and, and what you enjoyed about growing up there yeah so uh, Shreveport like you said is is more close to Texas probably a lot of people don't know that when I tell them I'm from Louisiana so uh where I live is actually 15 minutes from the Texas state line so uh like very close but uh just growing up in Shreveport man it uh it, it taught me a lot and I love Shreveport forever you know uh went to high school there went to Middle school, elementary, every everything. I born and raised there. Well, not born, but raised <laughs> there. And uh, yeah, man, just uh, like the country life, kind of like a little country boy. You know, I like to fish and hunt and everything. Get that from my pops. And uh, yeah, just life out there is cool. Uh, high school basketball was fun and everything. You know, playing against all my friends in the city and the state, and I uh, just got to go head to head against them and everything. So. Nice hunt, hunting, fishing. That that was not something I expected to, to hear you say. So, what do you what do you fish for down in the Shreveport area? What are what do you catch primarily when you're out fishing? Where do you shoot? Primarily, do you catch? primarily fishing for bass, largemouth bass, or sometimes crappie. So, nice. I did. Yeah. Hey, we got plenty of that around here, so you can you can get a taste of that <laughs> in the Minnesota lakes. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, so I like. I always like to chat food. I'm a big foodie guy. So being that you're on the border of Texas, but still in Louisiana, 
your food culture in Shreveport more the Cajun Louisiana style or is a little more Texas barbecue and that kind of style? What did you grow up or did you get the best of both worlds being where you're at? Yeah, I think we got the best of both worlds, if I had to say. Uh, definitely still a lot of Cajun. We got Shane's Seafood. Uh, anybody from Louisiana, you know about Shane's. Uh, they got the seafood gumbo. But uh, we also have a lot of good barbecue spots as well, like Podnas and everything, Podnas Barbecue. Uh, so, yeah, just growing up, a lot of fried chicken and uh, barbecue and Cajun food, man. Shrimp, crawfish, my favorite, so... Nice. Uh, so you're being up from Shreveport, a couple hours from the coast, uh, from the Gulf. Did you get your trips down there? Did you get some time at the ocean growing up, or were you primarily up in your kind of your spot and stuck around there most of the time? As, yeah, as primarily, primarily just up in Shreveport, not really going to the beach a whole lot, but I have been down to the Gulf a few times and uh, been over like by Houston over there, go down to the Gulf a little bit. So I've been I've been there, but most of my time up in the mainland, you know. Now I'm gonna guess since you obviously weren't 21 growing up there that it's probably a no. But did you ever get a, the Mardi Gras experience and and check that out at all while you were while you were down there? Oh yeah, it's it's hard to to avoid getting the Mardi Gras experience down there, man. <laughs> One of that uh, parades are just always going through the city. Uh, they have blocks sectioned off. You can't even. You got to take detours and everything. Just Mardi Gras is a big deal. And so uh, it's always celebrated in school and you just see it everywhere you go. So, yeah, I, I figured it was probably tough to miss, to miss yeah. down there. That's for sure. Uh, so, talk a little bit about basketball in high school. I know, I, I think I read that um, you had kind of a late growth spurt. So, I think you were five, seven, five, eight, whatever, kind of going into, going into high school. Um, and then obviously during, your probably what your sophomore and junior years COVID years um yeah. so with, between the mix of not having the size early and then COVID hitting just kind of what was that process like for you when you knew you wanted to play college ball and get your name out there for recruiting and and that kind of thing yeah so coming into high school like you said I was around five eight five nine whatever so I wasn't very tall but I was decent for a freshman and then sophomore year uh sprouted up to like six one six yeah about six one and uh my sophomore year summer I grew to about six two six three and so uh just like a short period of time gaining a few inches got me up there and uh took me from like a shorter guard to more of a combo guard so uh coaches started playing me at the two and some of the three a little bit so that, that uh helped me develop my game you know growing more aspects and uh yeah like COVID happening really made things tough for recruitment as far as uh going to college because I knew coming into high school I wanted to play college basketball I knew it'd be hard though and so COVID just made that much harder and then with the transfer portal and everything happening to my junior year it was really tough but uh luckily just got got to talking to a few schools and was able to gain some interest, especially with my growth spurt that uh, sparked a lot of schools' interest as well. And so just picked up recruitment that way, and then they just kept watching me play through my senior year, and it worked out. So, Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, you had a, a couple of offers from some regional schools. I think UL Monroe and, and, and a couple of other ones down there. And then obviously from NDSU. So how did NDSU get in the mix catching you down in – Louisiana what was who reached out was it a coach was it AAU what was the relationship that got uh they got the attention of NDSU all the way all the way down there in Shreveport yeah so I believe uh, it was coach Sash and coach KB at the time they saw me playing somewhere I think it might have been Alabama or something they saw me playing at a tournament in AAU so uh they liked me and so they started following me that way and recruiting me and um they found out that I was actually kind of from North Dakota a little bit and I had family up here in ties. And so when they found that out, they uh, really started to started to grow a connection with me and talk about it that way. And so they just continued to follow me throughout my uh, junior, junior year summer and my senior year. And mm -hmm. so that's how it all came about, really. Nice. Yeah, it's 
not very often you find a recruit in uh in in Alabama or Louisiana that's born in Bismarck, North Dakota. Yeah, that's it was, for sure. It was wild. Small uh, small world. Small world, yeah. <laughs> but I know uh just in reading things here and talk uh and other things that uh, choosing NDSU was one the program success obviously and coach Richmond success but also the family that you do have uh here in the state so what's it been like to have them around uh if they got to come to some games have you gotten to visit them a little bit here when you have extended weekends but just kind of what's that been like to have that family um around yeah man it's been it's been awesome really uh I don't know if I would have went to some other schools you know if I would have been able to have family because come to some games and see them as often and everything. So, uh, yeah, I've had family come to a lot, mainly all the home games pretty much. Uh, it'll be either my sisters or my brother. My brother stays in Minneapolis, so not too far away. So they always come and just support me. And uh, like you said, long weekends or anything, we get a little break. I get to go run and see them. They're not too far away. And so it's been nice having them close. And uh, so it doesn't feel like I'm all up here by myself, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Coming coming all the way across the country can can definitely be lonely if you don't have family around. So that's that's yeah. awesome. Uh, so coming in, uh, you know, Coach Richmond's talked quite a bit, obviously, about your gifted scoring ability. Uh, shoot the ball well, you handle the ball well, create your own shot. Uh, but to get on the floor at the D1 level, especially at NDSU, you also have to be really strong on the defensive end. Uh, yeah. what, uh, what's kind of been the biggest challenge for you? Just locking in, getting that, that part of your game, uh, rounded out so that you, you've seen your minutes kind of grow, uh, as the season went on. Yeah. So, uh, I'd say the main thing is just, uh, keeping that tough edge on defense, just not, not letting my defender or my the person I'm guarding just score on me, you know, just taking it personal. And so like small things, getting over screens, uh, staying in my gap more, talking more on defense, uh, just helping my team that way, rebounding, all those things, had to really lock in on them and just grow in that area. And uh, it's helped me see the floor a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. So early season, actually getting out of the gate, you saw in quite a few minutes. We had some injuries. DWT was still coming back. Javis uh, got hurt a little bit. Grant missed a couple games. Bowden missed one. Um, so early, you're putting in quite a few minutes, uh, getting quite a few shots up and struggled a little bit, getting them to fall. I don't think your shooting percentage was quite what you were used to early in the season. Uh, later in the season here now, you know, you've come in, shot at a much better clip, not getting up as many shots. So just kind of what's helped you the most kind of becoming more efficient when you're out there uh, within the offense, would you say that, um, you know, has really kind of changed that uh, for you? Yeah. So come uh, in the beginning of the year, just adapting to college basketball, you know, just trying to learn everything on the fly and uh, just grow into it. Just learning how to take better shots, better shot selection has really helped me as far as increasing my percentage. And then, uh, in shape, being in shape, better shape, basketball conditioning. And so uh, things like that just helped me improve my percentage so far. And then just getting in the gym with my coaches and getting up game-like shots at full speed has really helped. So Nice. Yeah. Shape is definitely key. I had to get you, had to get you off the fried chicken when <laughs> get you in D1 basketball shape, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so uh, – Summer League tournament coming up here this weekend. Um, first D1 college basketball tournament you'll be a part of. What are you kind of most looking forward to that experience? Um, obviously, going to go out and try to get some wins, but just um, kind of what have you guys' mentality heading heading down there, and, and what are you looking forward to? Uh, I'd say I'm looking forward to the atmosphere, uh, playing at some of the bigger schools like KU and Arkansas, just having that atmosphere, even like SDSU just having that atmosphere, the crowds into it uh, really brings energy and it's really fun. So looking forward to that. And uh, I'd say our mentality as a team is just go down there and, and play bison basketball, just bring, um, bring our best self and, you know, not try to make it about any other team, just try to outdo ourselves. Cause that's our, our main thing. Uh, we just, sometimes we inflict self-inflict ourselves. And so, we just go down there and handle business. 
It's our mentality. Absolutely. Um, so we're cutting up time here. Uh, so I got a few, and we've actually covered a couple of these little little one-line questions I got for you here. So we'll knock the remainder of them out, and then we'll we'll get you on your way. So first one, I think you touched on a little bit earlier, but favorite food. What's your, what's your food, go-to? I say seafood gumbo. Uh, favorite non-basketball hobby? Fishing. Uh, if you're doing the schedule, college basketball stadium you'd most like to play in that you haven't before? Uh, it's either out of Duke, Chapel Hill, or it's either out of Duke or uh, North Carolina, probably. Icon, Icon Stadium's there for sure. You already got one off the list with Fog Allen this year, so that definitely, yeah. definitely pretty awesome. Uh, favorite sports teams to watch if you get some time? Football, basketball, either pro or college. What, who did? What are the teams you follow that you you're a fan of? Uh, yeah, I like Golden State Warriors for NBA, and then for football, I don't really have a team, but uh, my brother's a big Eagles fan. I was rooting for the Eagles this year. They couldn't, couldn't get it done, but I was. Couldn't get it done. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, hopefully you guys get it done uh, this weekend. I'll I'll be down there. I'm, I'm Me and my group of buddies are pretty tough to miss. So you'll, you'll see us down there. We're going to have a good time, and, and uh, we'll be cheering you on. And let's go get ourselves another Summit League championship. Yes, sir. Hopefully I'll see you down there. <laughs> Absolutely. Take it easy. Have a good night, and we will uh, see you this weekend. Thanks, Lance. Okay, thank you. All right, welcome back. Appreciate Lance for taking some time to join me for that interview. Great to get to know him a little bit better. Uh, we're going to jump into – I'm going to do the player of the year and first and second team first, and then we'll take a look at the Summit League tournament on the men's side uh, before we jump over to the women's side. So player of the year I think is pretty obvious uh, as far as what's going on on the men's side. It's it's Max Acemas, and I'd – as close as it could be stats wise, he's been the best player uh, in the league probably for three years running now. And he's got the best team, team undefeated in conference. So he's player of the year uh, in his senior season. And I, I, Trenton Masner is right there as well as Grant Nelson uh, down the stretch has been fantastic. Seven straight double doubles uh, missed by, by some rebounds on, on Saturday, but um, Max Acemas Player of the Year award first rest first team uh, five additional players on the first team. I got Trent Masner, Grant Nelson, as I just mentioned, uh, Zeke Mayo from SDSU, Shamari Allen from KC, who unfortunately uh, I believe broke his foot uh, or his arm or his arm. I think it was an arm, and is missing the rest of the season, so they won't have him for the Summer League tournament and haven't had him down the stretch here. Uh, and then final spot, I'm I'm giving it to Connor Vanover. Or use the best team. Uh, they got. I, I give them two guys on the first team. Vanover is kind of borderline first and second team, so I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt uh, and put them on the first team as well. My second team: Andrew Rohde from St. Thomas, fantastic freshman. Uh, Rayquandis Mitchell, the other guard from Kansas City. Matt Detlinger from SDSU. I think had quietly, somehow quietly, uh, has had a really fantastic season. Parker Bjorklund from St. Thomas. Also has had a really good season. And then my last spot, based on how he's played really the last two-thirds of the Summit League season, uh, last spot on the second team goes to Bowden Scunberg in my book. I think he's been fantastic. I think he should also make the all-defense team. Although with Jakari stepping up uh, and Damari Wheeler-Thomas also being a really good on-ball defender, he hasn't drawn the opposing team's best player game in and game out like, like he had last year. So he may not quite get the recognition on the defensive end this year, but I think he still brings that intensity uh, game in and game out. So that's my first and second team take completely unofficial, strictly opinion, just what I got going on. Um, the summit league tournament, my favorite time of year. It's the best, best now five days uh, expanded from four game start Friday night out of the year. As much as, you know, we hate thinking that it's SDSU and USD sellouts all the time and, and kind of a home crowd for them. The Denny's a beautiful facility. It's so well put on. 
uh, it's not that difficult to get tickets. It's not that far away. Uh, and so, you know, I make it a point to make it every year and looking forward to it as much this year as any other. That's for sure. Uh, Friday night games kicking off, uh, the eight, nine matchup is going to be at six o'clock. That's Denver and UND two teams that have both been playing a little bit better down the stretch may not necessarily have, uh, the wins to show for it, but have been playing better basketball, uh, as we head towards the stretch. It's kind of, kind of odd, uh, the way it worked out. I think Denver and UND, uh, are probably a stronger, both stronger teams than Kansas city and Omaha at this point, that's in the seven ten. who are going to go play the two seed. So I actually think a better team's going to, going to, catch ORU in the first round on Saturday, then then we'll go up against SDSU on Saturday. Uh, because Kansas City without Shamari Allen is just not very good. Uh, they don't have the offensive firepower with just one guard. A team can really focus all the defense on him. Um, they're big, they're, they're long, they're physical, uh, but they're just not terrific scorers at this point in their career. And so since Shamari Allen's went down, uh, Kansas City's really taken a tumble. And they, they were taking a little bit of a tumble uh, even when he was still playing. So um, they got Omaha uh, Friday night in that other game. at the 7-10 game at 8-30. Uh, Omaha is just young and, and a new team and and not great yet. Uh, they, they just can't put the ball in the basket uh, as often as they need to. And so um, it'll be a very interesting game, actually, between Omaha and Kansas City. Uh, it could be one heck of a rock fight. I First one to 60 might win that game. Uh, should be should be an interesting one. The Denver UND game probably completely the opposite. A uh, lot of points likely to be scored in that one. Uh, I I have UND with the slight edge over Denver at this point. Uh, so then Saturday night I'd have ORU versus UND. And ORU is gonna gonna roll. UND played them tough the last time they played them, but I I think ORU will be in tournament mode and I think they're gonna be ready to go. But UND shoots a lot of threes. If they get hot, anything can happen. That's that's why they play the game. The 4-5 is a very intriguing matchup. The two teams uh, NDSU just played last week, Western and St. Thomas. They are travel partners. Uh, they just played each other the week before, so they're very familiar with each other. Going to be another good game. I I got Western uh, taking that one just because of Masner. Um, he's the best player in that game. Uh, he's one of the top three players in the conference. And I think uh, he helps get it done over the Tommies. But uh, Tommies, again, like like UND does, they they shoot a lot of threes, and if they get hot, uh, they're tough to beat. So now they're gonna gonna be another good game. Uh, but I got Western uh, SDSU then in the two. I I don't even know who to pick. I I think I'm gonna take Omaha. I think they're just they they deserve one. They're gonna need one. I think Casey's tumbling. Um, without Shamari Allen. So either way, SDSU is going to roll through that one pretty pretty handily. I, I have that one probably as the biggest point spread uh, in the first two days of the tournament, whoever they have to play. And then NDSU versus USD. Uh, NDSU lost last time uh, on the road in Vermillion. Didn't have DeMar Wheeler-Thomas in that one. He started the game, which made me think going into it, they were going to have him. And so I think that threw a, a wrench into the plans and the offense was pretty stagnant without him. Uh, Luke Yoder was also hurt and didn't play. That was, that was kind of the weekend road trip, SDSU and USD, where he he was out. So NDSU went into that game with no real point guard and the offense really seemed to struggle to get moving. Um, and so I wouldn't put a ton of stock into that one. NDSU also didn't play USD very well at home but did get the win. So both teams, you know, USC's had a lot going on. They were kind of taking a tumble. They had to bench some starters for disciplinary issues. And then they come out and they whooped Kansas city uh, on Saturday by about 30 points. And we just discussed Kansas city situation and, and how not good it's going. So I can't put a lot of stock into that one either. I think NDSU gets out of the first round um, I put my faith in Dave in March uh, and in Sioux Falls. Uh, he's always got the guys ready to go. We just had a lengthy conversation about about that. But I think it's I think it's NDSU taking on SDSU in the semifinal and ORU in Western Illinois and the other one. Um, top four seeds. I, I got a chalk. I hate doing a chalk, but that's just the way I think it's going to go. 
Uh, if that happens, I think it, NDSU gets SDSU this time uh, in that 2-3 semifinal game. Zeke Mayo is carrying that team. Detlinger does a good job scoring it. Uh, if the teams are playing, don't have another good post player. NDSU's got a few bigs that can slow them down. William Kyle actually concerns me a little bit more, just the athleticism, uh, offensive rebounds, that kind of thing. But, you know, Mayo almost went for 50 uh, in the last last game, and NDSU still had a chance to win it. So I think they have a better game plan for him if they make it that far. They slow him down, and SDSU doesn't have enough offense outside of it, uh, and, and NDSU gets it done. That also means NDSU has to find the offense. They, they can tend to struggle with that a little bit sometimes. So might be a homer pick, but I got NDSU in the championship game, and then I got Oral Roberts beating Western in the other semifinal. ORU, NDSU, it's a tall task. It, NDSU should have beat them down at the Maybe Center uh, in Tulsa a couple of weeks ago when they played. Couldn't hit the threes. Uh, credit to ORU. They, they have really stepped up the defense this year uh, as they had done in their Sweet 16 tournament. I mean, they end of that season, they started locking in on defense and, and it carried them to the Sweet 16. So it'll be a tough, tough hurdle. I think I'm just going to call it shock in my bracket that I'm filling out I'm picking NDSU just because that's what I have to do I can't let myself go any other way uh be a real tall task uh for NDSU to knock off ORU but that's why the play of the game anything can happen in March and I'd love love to see it happen and and be there for it when it does so that's what I got going on uh in the summer league tournament preview should be a fantastic tournament um with how kind of even throughout uh, the the league has been this year should make for a fun tournament should be some really great games hope you all get down there and check it out and if not at least at least check it out on tv so that's what we got going on the men's side jumping over to the women's side we had significantly less drama as far as any any game situations went uh, the ladies hit the road last week, a uh, place that they've struggled a little bit in conference play to get things done with two must-win games to clinch the two seed. Uh, really needed to happen. Actually, they also needed a little help. They needed USD to finish above Denver in order to maintain that two seed, but that that was more than likely to happen with USD playing Kansas City, who was, who was last in the league. So uh, they USD did get that done. NDSU did get both of their wins. And so... They locked up that two seed with those wins on the road. Thursday, St. Thomas was quite quite the ugly start to that game. Uh, when I was at the men's game, heard the uh, halftime score uh, over the PA announcer at, at 18 to 17. And we were all wondering if that was actually the halftime score at the end of the first quarter. And sure enough, that was indeed the halftime score. Went home, uh, watched that game from start to finish, and it was quite the adventure. NDSU scored the first six points uh, about two and a half with about two and a half minutes into the game, and then they did not score again for about eight minutes of game time. They didn't score again until the nine minute mark of the second quarter, and it was. We've seen NDSU, you know, that last road trip silly turnovers bad shots not getting a shot off for the shot clock just playing poor offensively uh this one was more just shots not falling they had some decent looks things were just rolling off the rim uh missing some bunnies inside just just some tough tough ways to not get baskets um so the score ended at eight to six st thomas after the first quarter didn't get a whole lot better in the second uh being that it was 18 17 st thomas lead and then NDSU found the gas in the tank uh, to crank up the offense in the second half, scored 47 points in the second half, uh, and and cruised to a 64-44 victory uh, over St. Thomas. The one downside of that game was Heaven Hamling uh, got smacked uh, right, right in the nose, uh, did suffer a broken nose. She exited for a while, came back uh, with a mask on, did finish the game, tough, tough kid. Um, and so that was, that was just kind of the downside was, was having to throw that mask on and, and her suffering that injury at this time of the year, but she's able to play through it and finish the game, which was good to see. Then they hit the, hit the long bus ride to Macomb to take on Western in a 
very different game uh, than the uh, St. Thomas one. NDSU jumped out early, had a nice 20 to 12 lead after the first quarter. Uh, let Western climb back into it in the second a little bit. It was 40 to 40 to 36 at halftime. Uh, and then NDSU kind of just kept the spacing. Uh, they kept, kept them at arm's reach. Western kept battling. Uh, actually got all the way down to uh, about three points with, with about four minutes left uh, after a couple of free throws. And then NDSU just closed it out strong uh, and went on to win 82 to 74 and get that ever important road win and that ever important two seed. So that's where we stand heading into the tournament. Having played that whole game uh, with the mask on, struggled shooting a little bit in the first half and then went on a tear in the second half and finished with 31 points. Uh, Al Evans had a good game uh, with 17. Taylor Brown uh, has really, really played well here down the stretch. I was just coming to the realization of this is it uh, in her fifth year. Uh, she's settled into the offense and understands the role a little bit better or what it is, but she's played really, really well uh, and had 12, and 12 points, 11 rebounds in that game. So uh, great, great all-around effort by the ladies. Um, and they are the two seed heading into the tournament and do not know who they'll play yet because of the Friday night play-in game. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I'll, I'll give my two cents on the women's uh, first and second team players as well, and we'll do a preview of the women's Summit League bracket here in a bit. But as I mentioned at the top of the show, we got a great interview uh, with Abby Graham. Uh, so we'll get to that now and then come back and take a look at the tournament and season awards right after that i'm now joined by true freshman guard abby graham uh abby thanks for taking some time out of your evening and welcome to the podcast thank you uh let's let's actually just start this out with this uh lovely weather that we just had uh you're from the pacific northwest i'm sure it's not yeah. the first time you've seen snow but uh did you get everywhere you needed to go today? And how, how was trudging through the, the foot of snow? And is that the most you've seen in one day before? Yeah, that definitely is the most I've ever seen. Um, Well, the parking lot was just like three feet of snow to get out. Um, We got lucky because we were walking out. There were some softball girls. So they got a good spot. They offered to take us. So that's how we got <laughs> to practice. Nice. And then we got back with deeds. So solid yeah very solid yeah I, I just interviewed lance as well and he had to trudge through it a little bit to get from point a to point b and he's, yeah, he's going through like, any high snow the whole way yeah <laughs> um so as i mentioned pacific northwest out of portland oregon uh place i've been to a few times in my life actually i was there twice this last spring once for work and then once for a bachelor party um guessing your experience growing up there was a little bit different than mine visiting so what what uh did you like about growing up up there? Um, maybe didn't like about it. Just kind of what was the experience like growing up in Portland? Yeah, I mean, I loved it there. It's really pretty place to live. Um, you know, you got everything, beaches, mountains, lakes. It's like everything. Um, yeah, it's yeah. just a cool place to grow up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you're a couple hours from the ocean you got mountains going the other direction. Are you, were you someone that likes the outdoors? Did you get to the beach as often as you could? Did you do any hiking, that kind of thing? Or did you hang out more um, city stuff? Yeah. I mean, I feel like more when I was younger, we did a lot of hiking and we got out a lot, but kind of once I got into competitive basketball, there's just not really a lot of time. Um, I live yeah. in the city, so I didn't get out that much, but Oh, I know, I know that story all too well as with the daughter that plays yeah. basketball and softball. So I, I definitely get it. Um, so other thing kind of well-documented about the Pacific Northwest was kind of how much they went into lockdown mode during the COVID situation. And that kind of <laughs> led to quite the adventure for you in the recruiting process. So um, you're pretty sought, sought after for a while there, got some offers, COVID hits, everything kind of goes out the window. So just tell us a little bit about what that process was, kind of where you're at in your decision-making when COVID hit and just kind of how that affected um, kind of your high school career. Yeah, I know it was like super stressful. Um, Cause you know, like coming off my 
freshman, like my first year at AU, um, where it like actually matters with coaches watching you and stuff. I had like a lot of like looks, I got some offers and stuff. And I was kind of like talking to some bigger schools, like kind of holding out for something bigger than COVID hit, kind of put everything on pause. Um, I missed like a whole summer playing. So, and then after that, just with the extra year, all of the offers like I did have kind of went away. They're like, we don't really have room anymore. Um, and then I just didn't feel like I couldn't really like see myself at any of the schools that did offer me. So I kind of just took the chance and waited it out. Um, and then it got to the point where I had a guy who was kind of just like emailing my film out just to like any school, just to like try to get something. And NDSU was one of the schools that responded. So nice. So yeah, you're, I mean, yeah, I, I remember reading some of your recruiting stuff that, you know, obviously the bigger schools in the Pacific Northwest and California and whatnot kind of on you early. Um, and then, yeah, COVID made a mess out of everything. Uh, it looked, I believe you had even the one year you came back to play, you guys had to play with masks on even. Is that, is that, did it play the whole year, that whole school year with, with masks? Yeah, and it how, kind of, how, how was that? They kind of kept like going back on the restrictions and then putting them back again um my mom was super serious about COVID so she was pretty like worried about it I was definitely like one of the kids who was locked up in the house for like a whole year so I mean I was wearing a mask regardless just you know made her happy no no reason fighting it right it's just so, gonna make make it worse that's for sure yeah so I mean you get used to it, it wasn't the best though but yeah, well, we're we're thankful it worked out that you're here. Um, and yeah, so you know, you said somebody's just kind of sending out information. I remember reading that's kind of how it got uh, to Jory. Um, so just kind of what led to once they kind of reached out to you, um, made the decision kind of easy for you to to get to NDSU. Yeah, so I just got on the phone with them, and I I talked to Dylan first, and. You know, like I liked him, like I was, you know, I was like going pretty good. Then got on the phone with Jory and I just, I really liked Jory. <laughs> and I went out, I got offered and then I went on a visit. And like, I knew after the visit that I wanted to commit right away. My mom told me to like wait a week <laughs> to <laughs> make sure. And then, yeah, just like after visiting and just talking with the coaches, I was just like, I can't like pass it up. Oh, that's that's great. We, I'm a I'm a big Jory fan as well, so yeah. so I definitely get it. Um, so you graduate high school, you pack up and move halfway across the country to Fargo, and then thankfully, uh, you get foreign trip year, and right away you get to pack up and go across the ocean and go to Greece. So, just kind of what was uh, that experience like for you? Um, you know, pack it up right away and, and go with the teammates uh, overseas. Yeah, no, it was like super fun. It's definitely one of the best experiences probably of my life just to get to go to a foreign country for free, like with teammates. <laughs> um, it's definitely like, I feel like a really good bonding thing for us. Um, I'm especially coming in as like a freshman, you don't really like know anyone that well. And I feel like that made it a lot easier. Yeah, and moving to a place where you don't really know anybody on top of it. So it gives you that that nice sense of community and build that bond with your teammates right away, not just at practice. So that yeah. I would think Greece is a is a pretty good place to to hang out and get to know people. Yeah, not too bad. <laughs> uh so what was your while you were over there, what was your favorite thing that you got to see or do uh while you guys were in Greece? Um we gotta go on a cruise ship, which is really fun. We went to like three different islands um gotta like swim in the ocean i think it's the ocean ocean sea whatever whatever they call it there yeah yeah super pretty nice um so you came in you know foreign trip obviously you guys got the extra practice time so that gives you some time to kind of settle in um came in you've come in and played a pretty significant role right from the gate um and you you know like any other 
player, let alone freshman. You had some ups and downs throughout the season, but kind of what's been the biggest adjustment for you just going from high school to the D1 level um, and competing night in and night out? Um, I think the biggest thing was probably just, I think a lot of like the defensive keys, just like learning kind of how that works. I mean, in high school, like you really don't, defense does not like matter. Like it's not stress. You don't, you know, screen is a switch or stay. Like that's how far we get. Um, so yeah, it's definitely just like learning a lot of like the terms and just stuff like that on the defensive end, I think has been the biggest adjustment. Yeah, I think both on the men's and women's side, I feel like when I interview freshmen and ask, everything's always defense. And yeah, it's no, no short task. You can score uh, as Oral Roberts uh, on the women's side, pretty, pretty notably this year scored a boatload of points, but oftentimes gave up more and that doesn't, doesn't get the job done. Um, most memorable highlight, I think for you this season was uh, the Denver game at home. I think you had 19, 20 points uh, kind of in the first half, uh, just really in the groove, getting to the lane, getting your shot. Um, so how did it feel just to kind of, catch fire like that for the first time in your college career just have a half like that um on the home floor I mean it just felt good um it's hard when you go from high school scoring like averaging 20 points a game you get to college and you know you hope for five at least um <laughs> so just I like, felt good to kind of like feel that again but yeah it was good probably like a good confidence builder honestly yeah I have a I have a feeling you'll you'll get to your 20 points a game eventually that that's for sure based on what I've seen. Um, so kind of closing out the season here had a t- really tough road trip, Omaha and Denver um, games. I watched that just, it didn't look like the team we played most of the season. I think you guys kind of felt that, that um, you didn't really put a good performance out there and came back kind of had four must wins down the stretch to, to secure that two seed got got going kind of with two at home and then had to go close out two on the road. So just kind of was your mentality these last four games uh, that you were able to go out, close out those four games and lock up that two seed for, for the tournament. Yeah. I mean, we knew like we had to do it. Like it wasn't really like a question. It's like, you know, like those two road games like that just like wasn't us. Um, We weren't playing how we play like whatsoever. And we're like so much better than that. So just, we knew we had to finish the end like the right way. Like it wasn't really up for debate. Yeah, I I agree. I I watched those games. So I was like, this is not, this <laughs> is not a not turn a... silly turnovers and just yeah, it, it wasn't wasn't was working. Bad. Um, so getting geared up for the weekend, first conference college conference tournament set up for you. Um, just kind of what are you most looking forward to? two in the summer league tournament kind of what have you heard about it and it just um what are you doing to get geared up for that experience right um I mean I've heard that it's like a really like good tournament Jory was telling us it's probably like one of the best mid-major tournaments said it could even like be up there with some of the power five tournaments so I know it's gonna be like a really good atmosphere I'm just excited to play in that yeah absolutely I think uh, it's either the top or the second most attended mid-major tournament in the country. And it, it the attendance is better than power five tournaments. So yeah, it's, it's a blast. Uh, they put, do a really good job putting it on. Um, the only downside is it's, it's a lot of South Dakota fans in, in South Dakota state. So we, we got to deal with that, but uh, it's all in good fun brings the energy. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> um, so kind of running on time here, uh, getting close to, to timing out. So I've just got a couple of quick one-line questions here, and then we will get you out of here and and see you this weekend. So number one, I got to ask everybody, uh, favorite food. What's what's your go-to meal? Probably pasta. That is a very popular answer. Yeah. Um, the women's team, especially. You guys must have a lot of pasta. Does strength and conditioning coach let that fly? Yeah, we just eat whatever. <laughs> um, favorite non-basketball hobby? What's your favorite thing to do off the court? Napping. <laughs> With your schedule, I can imagine that's definitely definitely up there. Uh, favorite movie? Probably Top Gun. 
That's a solid choice. Um, favorite place that you played on the road this season? What was the your favorite road atmosphere out of every, everywhere you played? Um, I mean, I liked South Dakota State. I just wish it wasn't that outcome. Yeah, and all of the rest of us as well. Uh, and then last one, favorite thing about Fargo so far? What's since you've been here? What What do you enjoy? Not counting today, you can just cross today off of the list. Okay. Um, I like the people. Yeah, probably the people. Absolutely, Fargo, nice. It's a great, great thing. That's for sure. Well, Abby, thanks a ton for taking some time uh, this evening, and uh, we will for sure see you down at the tournament in Sioux Falls. And best of luck to you guys this weekend. Thank you. All right. Thanks a ton to Abby uh, for joining me this week. And really, thanks to both Abby and Lance. Uh, we had some interviews scheduled, had to reschedule. I came down with a lovely stomach bug yesterday. So I uh, appreciate their flexibility uh, to get that rescheduled so we could get them, get them on the episode this week. So taking a look uh, at the women's division uh, put together, I attempted to put together my first and second team uh, on the women's side. Uh, one, in my opinion, was pretty easy, and that was the women's player of the year. And I gave that to Grace Larkins of USD. Uh, she was top three in four categories, I believe, points, rebounds, assists, and steals. I believe she was top top three in all of those categories. Very difficult to guard in the games I've watched. Uh, she just did a lot for everybody on the team uh, and was just a fantastic player uh, all around. So she gets my vote for player of the year. Uh, rounding out the rest of the first team, two others who have player of the year cases, uh, Casey uh, Barvich from from UND and Hannah Cooper uh, from ORU, both terrific scorers. Hannah Cooper led the league, Casey in second. Uh, just great offensive players. Both were up there in assists as well. Uh, but it's what Grace did in the rebounding and and also on the defensive categories with the steals. Uh, that had me uh, pick her over them. Rounding out the first team, uh, Maya Sellen from SDSU and Heaven Hamling. From NDSU, the last spot was tough between a couple of players, but I give it to Elise Stafford of Kansas City. Uh, we did not get to watch Stafford uh, play against NDSU here at home. Uh, we did play against her in Kansas City on the road in the original in the, the first game. She was out with an injury uh, when they played played up here, but she's a fantastic player and uh, I think deserving uh, of the first team status. Uh, second team, I, three locks for me, uh, Teresa Moore from ORU, Al Evans, uh, NDSU, and Pila Kuda from Omaha. I, all all second team no-brainers in, in my eyes. Uh, after those three, there's probably five to eight additional players that could make the second team. They're depending what you look at as far as the scoring, who's on what team, uh, just kind of depends on how the, the voters go about it. Uh, for me, um, I, I couldn't really decide. I'd probably go based on individual players. I, I think Emma Smith and Anna Dietz from Denver and Western Illinois probably would be my last two, but uh, with SDSU being, as dominant as they were, I might be convinced to give one of those slots to either uh, Timmer or Burkhart from SDSU as well uh, instead instead of one of those two just because of how dominant they were. The, the whole thing with SDSU is they're such a great team. They didn't have necessarily the individual stats uh, on that squad this year because their scoring was so balanced across the board that they really didn't have uh, – you know, one or two players that stood out, their whole team is just very efficient. So that's what I got uh, for the awards as far as the players go. Taking a look at previewing the Summit League tournament, uh, NDSU secured the two seed for the first time uh, in their history in the Summit League, which is a huge accomplishment. Obviously, Jory would much rather be at one, and hopefully we'll get there in the future. But for now, I have to settle for the two. 
uh, opening Friday night, uh, they were or Friday afternoon, I guess they will play the winner of the seven and 10 matchup between Denver and Kansas city, both recent opponents for NDSU. They played horribly uh, against Denver on the road. They de- did beat them handily at home earlier in the season. Uh, and then Kansas city uh, swept them so far this year. Kansas city did battle pretty rough uh, with NDSU here. Uh, at home a couple of weeks ago. So um, I would, we had this discussion. I, I, I was on um, the Reaching the Summit women's basketball podcast earlier in the week. Uh, you can check out that. We did covered everything women's basketball on that almost two hours long. Uh, but my decision on who to pick as a winner for this came on who I would rather play versus versus who I think will win. And I, I'd rather see Denver. I think NDSU, Kansas City just... With Stafford back in the lineup, they, they're kind of scary. They're playing surprisingly well based on how the rest of the season went. I think NDSU can handle Denver uh, if they if they match up again. But I that should be a great game between Denver and Kansas City, to be completely honest with you. And then on the other side, you got Western and St. Thomas. Uh, same matchup as the men's side, just in a different seed slot. They're the 4-5 on the men's. They're 8-9 on the women's. They're Friday at noon, kicking the tournament off. Um, they just played each other a couple weeks ago as well. St. Thomas did beat Western at Western, uh, Western beat St. Thomas in St. Thomas earlier in the season. So both with a road win for me in this one, it's going to be a great game. It's going to, it's probably a toss up, but I, I was inclined to take Western just because of the experience. And I, I think they have a little more offensive talent than St. Thomas does. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if St. Thomas wins, uh, but I, I have Western, and to be completely honest with you, it doesn't really matter who wins because the winner has to go play SDSU in the home crowd uh, Saturday afternoon at 1230, and SDSU is going to gonna steamroll whoever wins that game. So uh, great great game on Friday. Won't matter much on Saturday. Uh, the 4-5 matchup, there's USD and ORU. should be a great game. Uh, ORU – high octane offense they have not won very many games down the stretch here but have you know continued their offensive output and when a team can score like that they can beat you um if you don't keep up with them uh or slow them down so uh usd has been playing better and better and better as the season goes on and it, if they you know weren't going to have to go up against sdsu in the semifinals they'd be probably the scariest team uh, in the tournament going going into it. So I have USD beating ORU. Uh, I think they're playing better basketball at this time, and they get the home court advantage uh, down there in Sioux Falls. So uh, that would lead to a semifinal between SDSU and USD, usually a championship game matchup this year. They would, they would match up in the semifinals, and which would be a, a pretty fun game. Uh, down at the 3-6, you got UND and Omaha. Uh, they will play Sunday afternoon. That'll be a terrific game as well. I think all of these first round matchups uh, that are that are on slate for the women's team are all going to be really really good games. It should be should be a blast of a tournament on the women's side. I think UND will beat Omaha. Uh, they just I think they just got a little too much talent uh, for Omaha to contend with, but it will be a good game. NDSU will play Saturday afternoon against that winner of Denver KC. Like we said, I I think Denver wins it. Um, it'll be Denver and NDSU, and I think NDSU uh, gets by them to make it an all-Dakota school semifinal. NDSU versus UND and SDSU versus USD on the other side, which is a super neat thing in itself. And I think NDSU and SDSU advance uh, to the championship game. And as much as I'd love uh, to pick NDSU to knock SDSU off, they are just a, a train that's on a whole nother level uh, here this season. And I, you know, if NDSU keeps it within 20 in that championship game, I'd be thrilled. Um, that's just how good SDSU is this year. So that is my preview of the women's summit league tournament to see the way I see it working out. Hopefully it works that way. And NDSU is in the championship of both games. That'd be ideal. That'd be the first time that's happened since the summit league, since they joined the summit league. And it's nice to see the women's program playing some meaningful games in March here. 
and I will be down there. We will be having a blast. Hopefully we see, see some more green and gold down there supporting these two teams that are both playing well here down the stretch and we can get, get something going. So Hopefully this won't be the last podcast of the year. Hopefully one or both of these teams uh, are continuing on and we'll we'll get some more player interviews or coach interviews or interview somebody uh, as we head into some, hopefully some post, additional postseason play. Uh, the women do automatically um, get an, an uh, women's NIT bid if SDSU uh, wins the Summit League Conference Tournament because they will go to the NCAA Tournament. So the NIT bid then falls to the two seed, which was NDSU. So that was a nice thing that they secured there as well. Uh, men's team, probably not in line for anything NIT. There are some additional postseason tournaments with the young team. I know the veteran teams in the past, um, NDSU's opted not to play in those, but with a with a really young team and a growing team, it might might be some great additional experience in another tournament environment. So we'll have to see if NDSU accepts any bids into that for the men's. But either way, hopefully uh, we'll have another podcast uh, recapping the Summit League tournament and looking forward to any other postseason uh, coming up the week after uh, before we sign off for the year. So that's all I have for this week. Hope to see some of you down at Summit League tournament. If you do, feel free to come say hi, and we'll see you down there. And go Bison.